This Bengals preseason has given us some answers and left us with some questions. Let's talk about it. What it do, Hootay Nation? It's the 513 with your boy J.E. on the Wincinnati Podcast. Happy Monday. Hope everybody's having a great day. Uh, first and foremost, want to apologize. Didn't have an episode last week. Working on setting some things up. And uh, I got some things working, you know, for my setup, trying to get everything correct. So got the little setup in the background. Uh, a slight change. <laughs> Nothing too major, but... Uh, just trying to take some steps and, and get better as much as we can to bring you guys the content you deserve. So I uh, appreciate you all checking in. Um, and let's talk about it. Football is underway, right? The Bengals have played two preseason games. Uh, as of right now, I'm shooting this after they have played the New York Giants. Uh, they lost to the New York Giants. But I, I talked about this before, and I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face. The preseason games, although you do like to see wins in the win column, anytime you're talking about playing a game, it's not about the wins. It's about individual performances. And uh, they, this preseason so far has given us some answers. I think a lot of fans have, but also as well, too, left us with some questions, right? Um, so the preseason games are always a great start. Um, it's always great to see preseason games because it means football's around the corner, means falls around the corner, Friday Night Lights, high school ball, college football. Uh, it, it's almost like ordering up calamari as an appetizer before you get the main entree. And, uh, man, do I love calamari. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the preseason is great. Not quite, you know, anything to read too much into. But there is some key takeaways I think you can take away when you're talking about having questions answered about your team going into the season. And um, after two preseason games, I think it's safe to say we have learned a lot about this team, a lot about the depth on this team. And um, there's also a lot of things I think that we still have questions going into week three of the preseason, right? Going into week one of the season, uh, that still remains. So one of the first questions I think is a is a huge question is that I think a lot of fans in Cincinnati and you know Bengals fans have talked about is what does this team look like without Jesse Bates, right? Oh my gosh, we're gonna lose Jesse potentially. Maybe he doesn't play. Uh, what does this team look like without Jesse? And uh, folks, Daxton Hill is Hemothy. I think that's I think that's what they say. Dax is a stud. Uh, he's looked fantastic in, in in the games. He's looked good in camp. I hadn't heard much about him, but um, these preseason games for Dax are proving invaluable. He's getting a ton of reps. He's making tackles. He's flying to the ball. Uh, almost had a near interception in game one, which would have been an awesome interception. He had to get up. Uh, the, the receiver knocked it loose. But in the second preseason game, um, a corner helps tip the pass, and he makes the play. And he intercepts the ball in his second preseason game in the NFL. Um, and I don't know if it was Daniel Jones that threw the pass. I think it was. But uh, nonetheless, it was a starting quarterback in the NFL. And Daxton Hill, two games into, you know, 
the preseason, he has an interception. And um, it is very clear when you watch Daxton Hill on the field, and this is kind of crazy to say about a safety, he looks like one of the best players on the field out there. He looks faster than everybody. He looks smooth. They move him around a lot in different positions. They're sending him on blitzes. They're having him deep and, you know, uh, playing the middle deep as a safety. They have him playing, you know, half of the field, uh, you know, as a cover two safety as well, playing too high shell. And then they also align him in the slot and let him play man on the corner, uh, on the tight end. Um, I said corner. They haven't played man on the tight end. And uh, one particular rep tonight versus the Giants, uh, I'm saying tonight because I just got done watching the game, but this is going up Monday for the record. But um, he had a he had a rep where he was a man versus a tight end, and uh, he was sticky in coverage. The tight end still caught the ball, but Dax was right there. And uh, that's what you want to see, right? That is like when you're talking about, okay, what does this team look like with Jesse Bates? Have no fear. That question is answered. Whether Jesse Bates comes back or not, Daxton Hill playing next to Von Bell this season is going to be special. And Dax is going to be special, potentially, you know, a future All-Pro. I know I'm talking highly about the kid, but I really think that when you look back at this draft class, he's probably going to be one of the biggest steals of the draft. We got him at pick 31, folks. At the end of the first round, we got Daxton Hill when he was projected to go really could have went anywhere from the 15 to 20 range and uh, he happened to fall to us. So I think that question's answered. I have no worries about Daxon Hill stepping in for Jesse Bates. And um, look, I, I love Jesse Bates. I think Jesse's a great player. I think Jesse deserves to get the bag. I think he deserves to get paid. I want him to get paid. I want him to play in Cincinnati for one more season though, as we go on this ring chase. But I also understand if he sits out because he has to protect his investment. And he has to protect himself. Um, and make sure he's available to uh, collect the check when the time is right. But, Jesse, if you see this, man, the time is now. Uh, the Bengals do have a bag for you. Maybe it's not the bag that you want, but they do have a bag for you, brother, and we're going on another ring chase this year. So come back, play alongside with Dax. And uh, if Jesse does come back to play, I know Dax is lining up for free safety right now, but – there's no way you keep Dax off the field. I, I just don't see it. I don't know how they can do it. Dax is a dog, and he's, he's going to be one of the best per- people on the defense for the Bengals coming in as a rookie. That's crazy to say. Um, another question I think that a lot of people had is, what does the defensive line depth look like for the Bengals? Um, we know that you know outside of Trey Hendrickson – DJ Reader, um, Khalid Kareem, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai. We we know those guys will likely be there this coming season. It's the guys behind them, right? The Tyler Shelvins of the world, the Jeffrey Gunters of the world, the Tisdales of the world. Um, these guys, the Zachary Carters of the world. We know Zach's going to be there. He had a good first game. Zachary Carter looked good in that first game. The second game, not that he had a bad game. It's just like, you know, you didn't realize he was on the field or you didn't hear his name called or he didn't make any big plays in particular tonight. But I think he played somewhere. I think I saw around 40 snaps tonight. Um, But I think the the D-line depth, rightfully so, um, you know, getting Joseph Osai back is huge. That's going to help. Joseph Osai still hasn't played an NFL season yet. This is technically like Joseph Osai's rookie year. 
despite it being his second year in the NFL, and we know that what he's capable of, uh, he's coming back off of injury, right? We got Jeffrey Gunter. He he was great in the first game. I don't know if he got a sack this, you know, this um, – I don't think he got a sack. That was Cam Sample. But, I mean, he played tonight. Uh, Cam Sample played tonight. So – uh, we we have depth at the defensive line, but I, I think realistically, yes, it is a question. What is this defensive line going to look like in the season? Um, I have no doubts about Trey Hendrickson. I have no doubts about DJ Reader, top players at the position, uh, no doubt about it. But this depth, Joseph Osai, uh, Jeffrey Gunter, Tyler Shelvin's on the bubble, honestly, Um what does the depth look like and how can they contribute to helping this team win more games? Right. I'm excited to see them. Not, my question is not saying, Hey, I think they're going to be bad. My question is, okay, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the guy that you call in on passing downs on third down money downs. when You need to get a sack and create and manufacture pressure with a four man rush, right. Or a three man rush. So I think the defensive line depth is a question right now, right? We got some, we got some, Holes that not really holes, I would say, but we have some players that we're plugging in that may not have all the experience in the world right now. But um, I forgot to mention BJ Hill, who is a very talented player and one of my favorite acquisitions that the Bengals has, have had in a while. But um, nonetheless, I, I think there's some questions there as far as the depth behind those guys that we know are proven, right? Um, some guys flash week one on the defensive line, but truly, when you look at this depth, we won't know until we know, <laughs> and we won't know until week one, right? Week two, week three of the season. We won't know who those guys are going to be because they have to emerge. They have to be thrown in real-life game-time situations to be able to have the opportunity to make those plays, and then we can say, wow. Jeffrey Gunter, he's a guy we can count on. Cam Sample, he's a guy we can count on. Joseph Osai, animal, which I think Joseph Osai is a dog. I got no question about that, just – uh, we want to see him put it together in the regular season. The uh, uh, really uh, one of the biggest questions that a lot of fans have, um, not to not to bounce back and forth or kind of jump all over the place, but one big question that everybody has, really myself included, is who will start at left guard for the Bengals, or what is the solution for guard, right? Jackson Carmen versus Cordero Wilson has been one of the highly watched camp battles this preseason. Um, really, you know, I'm not a I'm not a huge offensive line guy. Uh, so I don't want to pretend like I'm an offensive line guru, but I understand the position. I know what they need to do. I know how, you know, what a successful offensive lineman looks like. And uh, that that battle between the two have been very it's highly anticipated. And really, it has a lot of attention on it because when you look across this Bengals team, there aren't many big battles, right? This is a important battle because it solidifies the offensive line. We've seen both of them in action. We've been able to make a fair analysis on both of them. I, I'll say fair because Jackson Carmen got a, a good amount of snaps in the first game. Unfortunately, he tested positive for COVID this week, so hopefully he gets better T's and P's than Jackson Carmen. But he wasn't able to play in the second game. And uh, Cordo Volson took really, in my, I think, I don't know the snap count, but Cordo Volson, I think, took almost all the snaps at left guard. <laughs> like, Cordo Volson played the whole game versus the Giants. And not many times watching him play, 
did I say, man, Cordell looks outmatched. Looks like he's getting pushed around. Like, that was never one thing that I said at all. And, uh, you know, I, I think Cordell Volson is really showing a lot in this preseason. Uh, this past week, he practiced with the ones. This game, he played against the Giants. He was with the ones, and I think he played the entire game, which is invaluable reps, invaluable. The best ability is availability. And Jackson Carmen got COVID, so he couldn't help that. But when one guy is out and he, he's not playing, that gives the next guy opportunity to get as many snaps as possible, right? So quarter of Olsen getting all those snaps against the Giants is a huge advantage for him. Now, again, we've seen both of them play. Jackson Carmen, as you know, is physically gifted, super athletic guy, Um he played, you know, tackle for Clemson, playing guard for us now. And uh, it hasn't quite, in my opinion, for the preseason game so far for Jackson, it hasn't quite been uh, what I need to see from a guy like him, right? You're playing in the preseason game, likely against guys that are pushing to make roster spots. And, uh, man, it's just not flashing for me. Still seeing him get pushed back. Still seeing some issues, um, you know, in pass coverage. So, I mean, I know Carmen has the ability. I know he can do it, but it's just about seeing the consistency and seeing him do it. So I think the question about the offensive line, the left guard, I, I think it's a, still a valid question because we don't know who it's going to be between the two. But here's what I'll say. I think the left guard position is, uh, is close to being – I'm not going to say it's close to being wrapped up, but I do believe that we're going to find out about who the starter is going to be, you know, very soon after week three of the preseason. They won't announce it before week three because they still want to give Jackson Carmen a fair shake uh, because he was out with COVID. But the reality is, guys, it's trending that quarter of Olsen is going to win this job. The rookie out of NDSU, he's staying after practice, working with Lyle Collins. Um, he's a blue collar guy. His interviews are highly, highly, uh, not really, I wouldn't say inspirational, but he's the type of guy that, you know, you could take him to, a, you know, he say, Hey, I'll take that guy to a bar fight with me. He's a guy that just wants to work. And I think one of his quotes, you know, verbatim was, I'm going to go out there and I'll work everybody. So that's just the type of guy you like on your team. And I'm not trying to show bias to Cordo Volson. I'm just saying, you know, we have a question about the position, but I think that the question is close to being answered. Because I, I think when you watch the New York Giants, you know, the Bengals versus the New York Giants, Cordo Volson undoubtedly stood out. And when you when you don't have moments in the offensive line where Sometimes the offensive line are, you know, they're the, they're in the trenches. They're guys that typically don't get recognized a lot. Uh, and people tend to forget about the offensive line when everything is going right, right? So for the Bengals, Cordo Volson was a guy that you could forget about against the Giants because you didn't really he didn't really have that many errors tonight. I think he had one or two, but outside of that, he played very well and he looked good. He looked like he knew what he was doing. Um, so the offensive line. Left guard is still a question mark right now, but I think we'll get the answer for that soon, which is very promising. The sooner we can announce a number one, the sooner they can get the continuity and get the uh, 
the continuity and get the chemistry between those folks going. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they handle practice this week when we go up against the Rams in the um, in the joint practices this week. So we got the Rams joint practices coming up. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. But uh, it's a legit question. But I, I think a question that we'll have the answer to this week. Well, after week three. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how that all shakes out because at the end of the day, they have to make a decision. Um, the next question is, it's not so much, and I'll, I'll loop this in because we have a lot of battles across this roster, right? One of the things that maybe it's not a huge question for people, but a lot of people want to know, okay, what's the back, what's the plan for backup quarterback? Are we really riding with Brandon Allen? Long term, and and again, backup quarterback. You pray, you know, your quarterback always stays healthy and doesn't get COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Knock on wood, because I don't want to jinx any of it. But the reality is that Brandon Allen versus Jake Browning versus Drew Plitt. Um, I, I think this preseason has actually given us some answers about the backup quarterback room, and. I think you look across the NFL and not a lot of teams have a good backup. So it's not like backup is a premium position or a position that the Bengals need to prioritize. But I think you do want to have a guy who you know can get the job done, right? You want to have a guy who you know, hey, look, maybe he doesn't have the talent that Joe Burrow possesses, but he does have adequate enough ability to at least get the job done. In my opinion, um, The answer that the preseason has given me to date um, is that our second-string quarterback right now isn't the answer for our backup quarterback. Um, So, you know, I I think Brandon Allen is a great guy. I think he's a great veteran presence on the roster. But I think when you talk about having a backup that can go in and maybe not replicate the – well, yeah, replicate the offense like when Joe was in there, we don't have that. Right. Um, and backup quarterback is not a premium position is not super important because with the offensive line investments, you know, you, you'll keep Joe healthy. But that's just something to think about the backup quarterback situation. I think the answer is, hey, look, our backup quarterback isn't the best. <laughs> so uh, not many times the backup quarterback is the best, but you still kind of like to see Brandon Allen be able, be able to drive against the threes. Um, and make some drives there, but just seems like he kind of misses high a lot and um, and maybe misses a little high and outside on out routes, you know, and throws that are outside the hash marks, which probably one of the toughest throws to make in the NFL, but nonetheless, he's in the NFL, and we need him to be able to make that throw. So um, I like what I saw from Jake Browning. I like what I saw from Drew Plitt. Um I think Drew Plitt is probably a stretch to make this team. I don't know. But uh, to see him not get a chance versus the Giants was a little, a little not heartbreaking, but I feel like the, I feel like he maybe has some special ability that he, he can showcase. And uh, maybe I'm being too overly optimistic or maybe I'm too high on Drew Plitt, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had the opportunity, if he could push for QB two or QB three, right? He, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a decent quarterback. Uh, no Joe Burrow, but I, I think he's decent and he has great ball placement and uh, he can play on schedule. So um, that, you know, 
that's kind of, you know, the, the, another thing that we've kind of been looking at this season and kind of watching. And, uh, of course, we have the punter battle uh, between Drew Chrisman and um, Kevin Huber. I don't think we've learned much about that battle yet. <laughs> right. I, I think that's, you know, that's a battle that's kind of, we don't know anything yet about it much, really. I mean, they, you know, they said that it's going to come down to, you know, being able to punt, but also being able to hold for field goal kicks. And as far as I'm concerned, there hasn't been a noticeable difference between both of them being in the game. Uh, now, I wasn't watching the punts as closely tonight, so I uh, might have missed maybe some good punts from Drew Christman because I, I did see Drew Christman try to make a tackle. Or I think he did make a tackle, and he <laughs> he did pretty good pretty good job on that. But, uh, you know, we're not hiring the punter to make tackles. But it's good to know that if he needs to get in there and make a play, he will. But um, the punter battle is an interesting one. Not much of a question for me. I, I think the answer is I think both guys are good. I think we've seen both guys can hold and both guys can punt. Now, Drew Christman might be able to punt a little bit further than Kyle, uh, Kevin Huber, and I think if that's the case and he can hold well, um, rock with Drew. Field position is everything. Um, another, you know, another question is, is Evan McPherson human? Is Money Mac human? Is Money Mac from this realm? And uh, after watching the Giants game, where I think he missed a 58-yarder, which still a 58-yarder is not a walk in the park. It's not easy. <laughs> Kickers don't just walk out there and hit 58-yard field goals. But uh, Evan McPherson is human, right? He's human. He's human. He's human. He missed the kick tonight, and uh, <laughs> that just confirms Evan McPherson is still human. But much like Joey Votto, Evan McPherson still bangs, uh, pause. And uh, but you know Evan McPherson, man, Money Mac is an incredible kicker, going to be one of the best kickers in the NFL. And uh, man, are we are we lucky to have him a part of the you know Cincinnati Bengals? And uh, last but not least, you know. I think another big question for fans and another thing that a lot of Bengals fans have been really craving is a big question, right? Will or how will Chris Evans be used to make a big impact on this team? Now, Chris Evans, as of right now, is slotted as RB3. We haven't seen Samaj P. Ryan play. We haven't seen Joe Mixon play. Um, Samaje P. Ryan getting the edge over Chris Evans because of his pass protection. But when you watch these preseason games, it's clear that the Bengals are really trying to give Chris every opportunity to make a play. And unfortunately, Chris has delivered on making plays, but a lot of the times they're either a hold or the run gets called back or, you know, the kick return, he makes a great kick return and we don't score with good field position. So, um, the Bengals are giving Chris Evans every opportunity, I think, to get the ball in his hands because I think he's a very explosive player, an incredible player, and he just makes plays. So I, I think the, the answer or the question, again, how will Chris Evans be used to make an impact on this team? And I think this preseason has indeed answered that question. Um, it hasn't answered if he's going to be RB2 or RB3. I, I still think Chris Evans is RB3. 
I think we have an answer. He's playing and he's getting the he's getting the carries. But I, I think it shows that they believe as well, too. They have a weapon there in Chris Evans, right? Throwing throwing him the ball out there, uh, an empty lined up as receiver, giving him some outside zones, letting him break, um, letting him do return some kicks, watching him get some big returns. Uh Chris Evans is explosive, man. And there's no doubt about it. He is going to have an impact on this team uh, from an offense perspective, special teams perspective, uh, and just, you know, being a part of the game in the passing game as well, too. So the answer, Chris Evans will be utilized. He will be on special teams. He will play some tailback fours. He will also play receiver, maybe motioning out from the backfield or maybe even starting out an empty. So um, Chris Evans is a special talent. All in all, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Twitter guy. I see the tweets. I, you know, I see the overreactions. I see the gripes. Um, I see the positivity as well, too. I, I think there's a middle ground there. I think you want to see your depth play good. You want to see them get wins. But overall, when you're watching preseason games, it's very important to remember, evaluate the individual players not collectively as a unit, because what you're doing is you're evaluating players that you're going to plug into your team to play with the starters, right? Daxton Hill is going to plug and play next to Mike Hilton, Von Bell, Cheetah Bear, Woozie, Eli Apple, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis, Gaither, Trey Hendrickson. Like you're going to take Daxton Hill, his performance, the way he plays, when you take him and you plug him into that starting defense, he immediately immediately has a huge impact. If you plug Cordo Volson the way he's been playing next to Jonah, uh, next to Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Lyle, Lyle Collins, he immediately, in my opinion, gives him a boost over Jackson Carmen right now, right? He's not getting bullied. He's not getting pushed back. Uh, and he showed promise. And he's a rookie, so he'll still have rookie mistakes. But um, sometimes, you know, when you're in the big boy league, you got to put him out there and let him learn on the fly. So, a lot has been learned from this preseason. We will continue to learn more about this preseason. This coming week, the joint practice against the Rams is huge. It's going to be huge for Joey B. It's going to be huge for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. It's going to be huge for that offensive line. So um, I can't stress enough. We've learned a lot about this team so far. A lot. Um, we've learned a lot to date. But – there is still a lot more to learn about this team, um, a lot more to learn, and I'm very excited about it. I hope you're excited about it as well, too. I'm thinking about potentially maybe breaking down some film on here, uh, maybe not every single week on Monday, but one, you know, every other week maybe we'll do a film breakdown or something like that to kind of explain how or why the Bengals won or why they lost the game and look at maybe specific aspects that, you know, had key turnarounds in the game. So, um, look, I, I appreciate you all checking in. Hope that you all have a phenomenal Monday, who day, all day, every day, and i catch you all next week.